Right, welcome back guys. Hope you had a great week. Hope you had some good sleep. Um, Hope we didn't actually make you sleep. <laughs> yeah. Hope we didn't. So watching this well, and send you to sleep. Maybe maybe we might be the solution. You, know, you should release an app on it then. An hour, two hours before going like to bed, sleep, listen to sleep our podcast. <laughs> well, I hope not. Um, I, hope it, I hope last week made you think a little bit more about the significance of sleep rather than just most people think we just you know you just go to sleep it's something you do and hey, I can get away with it's almost seen better that I get away with six hours sleep than than eight hours because it gives me two hours to to do more um, sleep is so vital and our goal to uh, today is really is to go through a little bit more of the the ins and outs of perhaps some of the things to look at to it might be relevant to you, might be not relevant to everyone, but there's usually some things that we could probably put a little bit more emphasis on ourselves personally. Um, for me, it's actually really tracking and I'm guilty at night of finding that I'm ready to probably get to, to bed and get, get, get into bed by 10, half 10, but if I get sidetracked with something um, and it catches me, I can then suddenly get a second wind and I'm, suddenly it's midnight. And I can then function the next day, but actually, technically, I've, I've lost lost a couple of hours of, it's of potentially good. thriving. Yeah, and so what we're talking about is how can we move more towards thriving and optimum sleep rather than getting away with what we can get away with, um, and and paying the price down the line. And a so, lot of things will disrupt sleep as well. And I think what yeah. we're going to go through in this episode is more what things actually disrupt your sleep, and how we will actually have the tips or tips that we've used in order to help and don't get get us wrong that there will be days when we have worse sleep than others we are not perfect humans by any means no. so there will be times where we'll say these tips and i've actually gone through podcasts before and someone has said what are your top tips i'm like oh actually i should listen to myself a couple of times and i've actually implemented some of the things and it's helped before. yeah it's a great reminder um so disruptions, what things are disrupting us in our sleep? The big thing we've got is stress. However, there's such a broad subject of what is causing the stress. Now, two big things that are massive in the world we live in today are first off caffeine and secondly alcohol. Yeah. Caffeine, we don't see what necessarily the impact is that it has on our system. The same with yourself where you can have caffeine and you're a fast metabolizer of caffeine, yeah. and you can still get to sleep. But what sleep is that, as we said about with the level of sleep? We don't necessarily know what level of sleep we're getting into. Is it messing with our cycle of sleep? Now, with caffeine, the half-life is five to six hours. Yeah. Therefore, if you have... A so just explain what half-life is. Half-life is basically the product is still in your system, and after a certain time half of it and it keeps half. How, lo how long it takes for you to process half yeah. the amount therefore at midday if you go to sleep at 10 p.m yeah there's still going to be half there's going to be a quarter of that coffee in there yeah. therefore it would be practically the equivalent of necking a quarter of a cup quarter of an americano before going to bed and expecting to sleep better yeah. now it's not to say that you shouldn't have coffee, you shouldn't have caffeine, just being aware of it. Yeah, and, and also, also aware of how you actually process that. Yeah. So that for some people, because we can get to have caffeine in, in the evening and we see that we get away with it, it's actually probably a good thing to say, well, it's probably better to leave caffeine for midday or even in the morning. Yeah. And there were a couple of things that I used to have pre-workouts or 
black coffees before workout when I'd train at four or five o'clock and it would still be in the system and I could still sleep. Yeah. But what was my recovery from that workout? What was my strength like the next day? What was my focus like? And also, ladies who are on certain uh, pills for their menstrual cycle, um, they're going to actually can double the half-life. The actual pills, I'm not 100% certain which ones they are. Yeah. But that could mean that it goes to eight, nine, ten hours. Yeah, and we're talking also, some people still feel that they sleep all right, but they have five, six, seven cups of coffee a day. Yeah. You know, we're not so looking why at do you need one, five, one six, or seven two. Cups of coffee? Well, and that's my point also, is that you're, you, you, you're using the caffeine as an anchor to really probably control some cortisol levels and stress levels which are happening. So not only have you got the influence of the caffeine, but you've got all the other influence of other stresses you're taking into your sleep cycle. And what is caffeine? It's a stressor. Yeah. And it's, I have, I love coffee by the way, and I still have pre-workouts, not every session, and I'll still have diet sodas and things like that. So I'm not saying that and saying I don't have caffeine. It's, caffeine is a stressor. When I was talking in the last episode about the Jenga, Caffeine is taking a block out and put it on yeah. top. And there's only so much we can have before central nervous system gets stimulated too much and needs to recover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the caffeine and the other stimulant, the same as alcohol. Um, although it's seen as a, it's actually a depressant, um, it, it's doing the other flip side. It's, it's disrupting hormonal levels and how the brain and the body is processing uh, at night. So it's the... A couple of drinks in the evening, and that I, I have a, a lovely story. A number of years ago, I had a, a patient who was under chiropractic care, musculoskeletal issue, and we, as we were going along, we were talking along wellness concepts and more of a lifestyle element of, of what our practice focuses on. And um, he casually said that, you know, well, he, he, he drinks normally like everyone else. So, tongue in cheek, I said, Well, what is normal? You know, it might be different to my normal. And uh, he says, well, I come home from work. He worked in, in, in uh, business. And he said, I come home from work. And, uh, and like everyone, I have a, a couple of glasses of wine whilst we then sit down with my wife. And, and like everyone, I have a glass of wine with my meal. And my wife has about a quarter of a glass well, to my glass. And, and then usually afterwards, you know, there's only a bit left, so I finish the bottle. So I said, well, in effect, you're really having close to a bottle of wine in the evening. It's binge drinking. So he said, well, yeah, I suppose so. But in, it, it was the modern day, well, you know, that everyone does it. So I said, well, I actually, I don't do that. And he goes, oh, well, okay. What do you have when you have a meal? I said, sometimes water, but I generally don't have. But I do like a glass of wine with meal every now. I said, what about the concept of putting half the half bottle back into the fridge or an and having that for the next day? He goes, well, it's very hard to do that, isn't it? So I said, well, what you're actually saying is that out of six or seven days a week, you're having a bottle of wine in the evening, but you're telling me that you've got no energy and you're, you're, you're not thriving during the day. So I said, have you looked at the concept perhaps of changing that? I said, what do you do on the weekend? I said, oh, well, we meet up with friends and we go out. So now you're really busy. <laughs> so, um, so long story short, he, he changed that. He, he might have had a glass or so when they had a meal. Um, and a bottle would last three or four days. He had had a few days where he didn't drink at all. And his sleep, his recovery, his performance at work, he had more energy to exercise. He, he, it was a huge knock on effect for what seemed like something small that everyone does. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's, so the that's big huge. Thing. Aware, alcohol is a sedative. 
And when people take this, it's what are you sedating from? Yeah. You don't, it, a lot of people will do it without even realizing and have it. And I get that. There is something where people need this alcohol to unwind, and that's a deeper psychological, a deep rooted thing which we need to dig into. And a lot of the work I do with clients is stress management and perception. Yeah. And it's perceiving and getting the right perception around your stress to realize you don't have to be sucked into drinking that. And we've, and we've, we've been conditioned that it's all right society-wise to use a, a drug yep. to be sedated, to unwind. But if you mention something like meditation or mindfulness or that, it's a bit like way out. Yeah. That's a bit, that's a bit crazy. But uh, when you actually look at it, it's like, well, you're really actually working with the normal rhythm of the yeah. body. And when you take that into awareness of people drinking one, maybe two glasses a night, Monday to Friday, Saturday they might actually go down the pub with their mates, then Sunday they'll have their Sunday roast and they'll have a glass in the afternoon, then maybe finish the bottle in the evening. It's been drinking. Yeah. It's, there's no other way about it. When you say to someone, I have a glass every now and then, that's fine. And enjoy that glass. Okay, but yeah. if you're having seven, eight, nine bottles of wine a week. Yeah, that's, that's gonna affect that's, your system. It's yeah, it sounds massive as well. And people say they sleep like a baby afterwards. Yeah. A baby doesn't sleep like that because you don't give a baby alcohol. Yeah. You're quite bad parents it, if you do. It's going back to, yes, you sleep, but are you getting the quality of sleep? Are you getting sleep? the quality of sleep? And look for the signs through other aspects of your life rather than just, I sleep through the night. Yeah, and, and that's a big thing. What happens after the, on the Saturday when you then have a lot more and you may be a little bit tipsy or drunk, That are you then having the uh, drunk calories, as I call them, that yeah. you're going to go and have a kebab or something else or get a little nibbly yeah. bits, go and get some pork scratchings at the pub, these sorts of things. And, and they're big things to consider as well. And also when we look at what is disrupting sleep, there, there was a time that I used to remember that you would actually watch one episode of something in the evening and have to wait till the next week and to get it. box it. Now we've got Netflix and Amazon Prime and before you know it, you can binge watch a whole episode and that fear of missing out, the FOMO, yeah. because someone at work has watched the whole ep box set, yeah. you're worried about missing out. So you start watching three, four episodes in a row. Yeah, yeah we're, we're bombarded with then more entertainment rather than rest and recharge yeah. and regenerate. However, if it's we more... use it to our benefit, where we don't have to watch something live now as well. And you can actually record something no. on most TV things. We watch very little live. Yeah. Now. And it's annoying now when you do watch live and you can't fast forward the adverts. Yeah, you keep you got that. It's, it's not working. <laughs> but, I'm uh, glad I'm not the only one doing that. Yeah, it's, like, it's not working. It's annoying. You end up just pausing it, going to get a cup of tea, watch one lot so you can fast forward the rest. Yeah. But you end up, you could pause it. You could watch it the next day when it's on a little earlier. Yeah. And I've got a couple of things like Hunted and SAS, but I know that a lot of the guys there follow me from these shows and I'm going to be on social media the next day. So I and need you, to watch it. Under pressure to be, yeah, but, and that's the thing. And everyone, that's one of the things. Everyone is. Like whether your friends are in this network or talking. Football was always a different thing because there was a time when you'd go to school after a football match and you wouldn't be able to wait till the next day to watch it. Yeah. And sometimes for me, if it's an important football match, I'll watch it live if I'm with a friend because it's a good time for me to socialise with my friends. And we have to take that into account as well. But I'll also use it to my benefit that I'll switch social media off before a football match. Uh, we might watch something different and I'll record the football match. And then in the morning, there's 90 minutes plus of football that I can watch whilst on my turbo trainer. Yeah. Go to sleep a bit earlier, get up and do my cardio. And these are big things that are disrupting the sleep along with the artificial lights yeah and when we look at how we used to have our circadian rhythm with 
our ancestors of being around the bonfire and living in certain communities where I think it was something like 35, 30, 38, the average community we used to be in, part of. And now we look at Facebook friends, it was an average of about 270 and Twitter followers was about average of about 370. When we look at the average person has the followers, that's too big yeah. a community to actually be part of and thrive based on what we used to be. Now, social media connects us with people around the world, but it also makes us lonely with people around the world because we're swiping for our phone and it's actually shown that our IQ goes down by about 10 to 15% when trying to do a task whilst you've got social media in front of you. And it has also been shown to go down when phone on the table, we're having a conversation. You can't do two things at once. Exactly. Strange that. And you can <laughs> switch between things at once. Yeah, but you're not tracking the, but you're you're not not the attention into the Exactly. Or... And that happens massively when we have a phone by our bed at night time. Yeah. And there's the excuse that the phone's my alarm clock. No, that's a load of rubbish because an alarm clock is five pounds. Get a real decent one, the Lumi lamp, as we spoke about in the last episode, that is about 40 pounds, 50 pounds. But that's going to be so much more worthwhile for your health. Yeah, that's like that. feeding into more into the into the looking at lifestyle and trying to support your sleep rather than just just an alarm. Yeah, an alarm and, and when when we look at disruptions in sleep, it's a lot of people have. When when we look at maybe not my parents, but my grandparents, they didn't have the choice to go home and have these side hustles, shall we call it where they have a job where they're going to get a, earn a little extra income by working online, yeah. uh, selling products on eBay. They got home from work and they had to sit down and socialize with the family in an yeah, evening meal. Sit around the table uh, and yeah. talk. And there may, may have been the wireless, there might have been radio going yeah. on rather than even having color TV. And now people, as you say, before you know it, that one email you had to send is going to take you till midnight. And technology nowadays, my MacBook has F.Locks has like a screen dimmer to take the blue light out. It can help, but you're still yeah. going to be wired through thinking a lot. Yeah, one of the big disruptions is is the availability of technology, um, gaming on you know on tablets on on phones. Uh, watching my you know my kids love watching YouTube. They yep. watch a movie sitting in bed. Um, you've got to embrace technology, but you also got to understand technology and, and what its effects are. So technology is a big disruption. The other big disruption for me also is is identifying again. I, I kind of feel a bit of a repeat from our last episode of you've got to deal with the stresses during the day so that at night you're not dealing with the stresses. Yeah. You know, there's the whole thing of people like to write, put a little notepad next to your book, and if something comes up, you write it. That you know that can help, but really, ideally, getting the idea of deal with the stresses during the day. So that at night you now then forego through a process of preparing ready for sleep. At night, um, you know, three o'clock in the morning is not the time to problem solve. It's the time to restore. So problem solve in the day so that you yep. can release yourself to, to sleep at night. I mean, and, and deal with the day stuff so that at night you can sleep. Two of the big stresses that we've said, and it's going to sound contradictory because they're two of the massive things that will lower stress as well, are exercise and food. Yeah, I've got food as a as a big one. Exercise, yeah. we were speaking before we started today about the concept of... It's going to get your adrenals going. Yeah, so again, ideally exercise through the day. So you deal deal and work off that cortisol. So as the cortisol drops down at night and uh, your body's rhythms go more into sleep pattern. Some people do 
exercise on the way home or exercise in the evening. I think it's it's a little bit more personal. Depends on how you, as an individual, cope with with the disruptions of of exercise. But exercise of, is great. Of you know, if we exercise, we burn calories. We 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 change hormonal levels, which is going to help sleep. So if someone's not sleeping very well, look for the disruption of actually they're not exercising enough, or some people are exercising in, inappropriately massively and, and creating more stress and more hormonal overload, more adrenal overload, and then they, they're wired and they're, they're sleeping. It's the big thing, going back to that Jenga, exercise is stacking on, yeah, it's a stress it, stacker as well. It's a, it, these things can, they be, be, can be, same with food. You know, look at your gut health, look at, um, you know, when you're eating and the, and the time, especially the shift workers, they, they're really the ones which battle with that. The other big one, which a lot of people don't really look into, is MSG mm-hmm. um, in food processing and, is, and food additives. Um, you know, there's always counter research of all oh, these food additives are are um, are safe and that. But there's a lot of people who are very sensitive, and MSG is one of them. Um, it's you know monosodium glutamate. It, it it it's a neurotoxin. It it stimulates the nervous system. And it makes food taste really more. nice, but it also excites the brain. Same with a lot of uh, sweeteners. Yeah. For a lot of people, are very sensitive. And to we them. then associate that with that good feeling of stimulating the brain, and then want more of it. You put you put a spartum and caffeine together, um, which is a you know a great combination of a very famous soft drink. Mm-hmm. Um, it it fizzes. So some people get really quite wired on it. Yeah. Um, so it, and it's you know, seen as well. It's gonna knock a sugar in. So I'm not gonna get a sugar rush. So look at look at the foods and look at some of the processes and and understand for you as an individual. Oh, I realized that I had that food, that takeaway. You know, sometimes ask them, do you put MSG in there? Because you notice that you have from a certain takeaway, you either have a bit of upset gut or you don't sleep that well the night. It's actually a, a lot well, bigger sleep, issue than many people realize. Sleep the hours, but not the quality. Yeah, you wake up lethargic, you have a hangover. Yeah, and you do get that. From food. Same with caffeine as well. If you take caffeine out and you're very like addicted to caffeine, essentially, you can have a caffeine hangover. Now, food as well. When when we have melatonin produced, it slows down the body's ability to digest food because yeah. it's, it's there to relax and uh, recharge the body. But a lot of people are found with nutrition and stress management being my number one focus and exercise on the side because some people are too stressed to go and kill it in the gym, shall we say. Uh, it's If they eat too close to, to bedtime, it can impact their sleep. Some yeah. people, it can help, but not high levels might be less have half a banana or something like that before bedtime. Yeah, but and the, the, timing, the timing is an interesting one because actually a strange one is a lot of people, a lot of research suggests that um, having something like a cereal is actually better to have at night before you go into bed because of the serotonin release and the, yep. the tryptophan than having a protein meal where protein tends to stimulate the, nerve, the nervous system. So each individual I think has got to play around but you know, it's well documented, a heavy meal, late at night, it puts stress on the gut, it changes the way the probiotics work, um, or prebiotics and how your body is digesting the bacteria, and, and it screws up your skin. Okay, that's rhythm. the thing, if you're going you to exercise late, and you're then gonna have a post-workout meal, you exercise late, you finish at the gym at seven, you then want that meal at eight, then you're going to bed at half nine, 10, it's gonna be a, quite a large meal, so it might be a case of, let's have your big meal at lunchtime. Yeah. And then have your lunch snacky sort of meal in the evening. Which We're is even still using bad. the snacky as more of a recovery after your after if you're going to exercise late. Exactly. So that's that's given quite a few 
tips there. The other thing that I want to just stress, just because we mentioned a lot of lifestyle things, yep. one of the things also to look out for for sleep is, is if you're really battling with sleep, really also remember that there are medical conditions that you've got to look out for. And so, you know, the advice is also to get medically checked. If you're looking and change some things and sleep is a problem, get checked, check, checked out medically. Um, and then also look at medications. Medications um, can impact you know, sleep massively. Your, your antidepressants are a huge one because they do play with the, uh, the hormonal levels in your, your neuro, neurotransmitters. Um, your antihypertensives, your blood pressure medication, your steroids medication. There's a whole host. You, you know, read the package because sometimes you might be chasing smaller factors of lifestyle, but there's a big thing of some of the medication that you're on or some of, of health issues. You know, some people have uh, sleep apnea yep. uh, and they have issues or where they have the shape of their jaw or their gullet. And so these are impacting their quality of sleep. And they may be looking at lifestyle things, which is good to do, but, but don't forget there's also you know, medication and, and even natu some natural, um, natural products which can affect sleep. You know, and a lot of people have caffeine and things as well they don't realize. Yeah. Uh, even chocolate, which does have a certain amount of caffeine in it, which people aren't always aware of having that snack of chocolate yeah. with a glass of wine in the evening. So, you know, and, and dress sads as well during the day. Um, but, but there's a lot of things of, of and, and even room temperature. You know, a yeah. lot of people. Room people, temperature, like what I would say my routine would be is have your last meal two to three hours before bed. I put blue light blocking glasses on, which are amazing. To, after about 20 minutes, I can just feel my body like the melatonin being produced, ready to go to bed, read a book. And an ideal one, and I don't do it every night, is have a bath. Yeah. Because that will reduce your core body temperature to the point where it's actually ready to go to bed afterwards. Yeah, my bath, bath signals, we have a running uh, thing with, even when my kids were young, it was bath, book and bed. Yep. That was our routine. And I, I still, you know, I, I bath in the evening and bathing is the, is the start of my wind down to chill out. I, I, I hang out in the bath and it's, it's, it's my time out. And from then, I try not to watch too much TV or, or get hooked into technology. And then if I'm, if I'm being a saint and I'm on, on the ball, which I'm not all the time, then I would probably listen to a five, 10 minute meditation, which then is more about sleep and wind down. So when I go to bed, my wife actually gets frustrated with me a lot because I seem to just go to bed, lie down and go to sleep. Um, where she goes and reads, which is again a great way of winding down. Um, and, and reads a book, not on a, not, she hates a tablet. But um, it's sleep, get to sleep actually starts a good number of hours before when you go to bed. It's a process. It's, it's a very process. much preparing your body through to get there rather than, I'm just, a, da, 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 oh, it's look at it, it's one o'clock now, I need to get to bed. And you lie there and now you expect the body to go into a sleep rhythm. The rhythm, it's a rhythm of the whole day. Um, so try not to be caught out or that we lie in there at three o'clock in the morning thinking I now need to take something just to force my body to get to sleep because you're just not going to get the... Yeah, it's the artificial essentially. Yeah. yeah, solves a problem in the short term but doesn't solve the long term issue. It just literally puts a band-aid on it. Yeah, so what do you, what do, you do for sleep? What, do you, what, is, what works for you? What are some of the things we might have mentioned that actually resonate for you? It'd be lovely to know what, uh, what your experience are. Uh, are there some things that we've missed out and that, that you can share with us? Put on a comments uh, below or email us and we'd love to share them with other people because sleep is huge. It, it, it affects 
it is it it affects so many other systems and so many other aspects of our life and our message really is let's try and move towards optimum sleep rather than just the bravado what what can we get away with thanks so, for uh, thanks for joining us yeah have a good week and uh, we'll see you next time take care Bye-bye. take care